You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 191 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss sharing Thanksgiving leftovers with your dog or cat. The critter of the show is the Jack Russell Terrier. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on supplements to keep your horse warm in winter. And in Coffee Clutch, we ask, what cartoon character your horse or dog reminds you of? Join us. Hi, I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. Thanks for joining the circus, everybody. We stop by your earbuds twice each month and chit-chat about all things critter and all things healthy. I'm I'm excited to hear about Jack Russell Terriers, for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Jack Russell Terrier, Patty? Oh, I yes, I've had them. Okay, because you've had I've every had breed of dog. Every breed. Yes. The only one that I haven't had is a, is a, a Cavalier Spaniel, the um, the King Charles. You know, Spaniel? what are they called? Yeah, Caval- yeah, that's yeah. the only. And I will, I will at some point. You will at some <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. So I am always in charge of chit chat because t- Tigger and Patty invariably come into the our recording sessions sliding in to home base, uh, yeah, getting their butt dirty, yeah. unprepared. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm recording for the first time from my good friend Helena's house. Who to hollow, she calls it, here in Aiken. And I made a little road trip yesterday, came up from Florida to Aiken. And it worked out really convenient because I could take what is referred to as a surface road all the way up. I didn't have to take the interstate. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't, did not have to take I-95. And anytime I can avoid I-95, it's a I good thing. do. <laughs> yes, I do. So chit chat today is going to be about road trips and how you plan your route. So Tigger, every, every year you go to Wellington. And so as does Patty, when you go to Wellington, you drive, do you not? I do. And how do you choose your route? What, what are the criterion for which way you choose to get there? The fastest. Shortest route, regardless of of what kind of road it is and all that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how about you, Patty? When you take a long road trip, what are your criteria? Um, well, it's funny that you say that. I mean, so I went to Florida for years and years and years from Virginia or New Jersey. So it was really, I just went the same route. And I wanted to get there the fastest because most of the time, well, actually, when I was in Virginia or Jersey, I always was, tra- you know, shipping horses. Since I've been in Texas, um, you know, to me, it just seems like everything should just be real easy and straightforward. So I just tend to plug it into Google and wing it. And, <laughs> uh, and it, it. It, it, it's just a couple, a couple of times I just remember, you know, driving along thinking, I literally have no idea where I am. Like, I just don't know where I am. So I, I try to be a little bit more prepared about that. But I'm way too reliant on uh, Google Maps or, you know, you just go where you're told. One way. Just go where you're told. Yeah. And, um, but then the problem is, is then like all, all of a sudden think I know where I am. 
I'm like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And so I'll get myself, I just did this the other day. I plug something into Google Maps. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And I completely was wrong. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. But you have to be there either is, all in or not with Google yeah, Maps. Yeah. I'm, it's, yeah. It's only taken a couple of years, you know, like, I don't know, um, over 50 for me to figure that out. So, um, yeah, so I generally was try to wherever I go, try to get the fastest. The only time we ever, like when we go out west, that's when we try to take, like I'll take more time and take the scenic route or whatever. Um, but yeah. yeah, generally it's always fast and by Google. Here it is. Yeah, sliding. We, Glenn and I are both very much quality of the journey versus speed of the journey. Um, we will comfortably take an hour detour in order to avoid horrid driving conditions. Just, yeah, yeah, just. That's smart. <laughs> that's probably, that's probably, prob- that's probably something that I should. Do. I, w- I would rather be on the, uh, on the road an extra hour than have to spend 40 minutes in traffic or in construction or, yeah, it just makes me miserable (laughs) so if you have special criteria for your trips do you take trips and like to have lots of really cool stuff to look at or do you take trips that avoid toll roads what are the settings on your telephone gps that's what we want to know (laughs) yeah stop by facebook healthy critters radio we have a facebook page there and and let us know send us a picture Today's topic in our roundtable is sharing Thanksgiving leftovers with your dog or cat. So I I have a couple of tips in this regard. <laughs> um, I I I think it's perfectly fine to share Thanksgiving leftovers with your dog, and there are certain foods you can allow your cat to enjoy, but what I, you know, like a cat can have a little bit of potato as long as it doesn't have any, you know, onions or um, weird non-cat food. <laughs> um, yeah. They certainly can have the turkey. Um, they may not be so crazy about the stuffing. But the, one of the challenges I think that, that a, a lot of people have with Thanksgiving leftovers is the day after Thanksgiving, you know, you're all in to have a turkey sandwich because that really does taste pretty good the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. But maybe by Saturday and Sunday, it's like no more turkey. <laughs> how many days of turkey can you do? How many how many consecutive days of turkey can you do? Well, I am a vegetarian. So <laughs> well, how many consecutive days of fake turkey can you do? I don't even do I don't even do fake turkey. But when I ate turkey, I could do it two days in a row. Oh, not that was me. It. I could do it for I could do it for a week. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love turkey. Oh, I could do it. Especially it has to be dark meat though. Really? It has to be moist. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I have to I'm a dark meat I am person. I was yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I I can, I literally can do, um, I could do with, with cranberry sauce. I could, I could do it 
probably every day straight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. funny. How about you, Jen? How many days can you eat turkey in a row? I could probably do a five-day run on turkey. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't know I'd be the odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different things you can do with turkey. Yeah. It's, turkey is basically a flavorless vessel. You know, it's not real intense. You can do you can make turkey soup and turkey salad and turkey mm-hmm. sandwiches and turkey tacos and turkey chili and yeah. Well, yeah, see, I just eat the turkey. <laughs> just you eat just it. Eat it. it was on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. I don't change. As long as I have cranberry sauce, man, and a little stuffing, I just keep it the same. There you go. Well, once you have um, taken most of the meat off the turkey, what do you do with the bones? Yes. What do you do? <laughs> you make bone broth for da, your da, dogs. Da. <laughs> and how do you do? I, I I'm not the chef in the house. We're going to put that out there to begin with. Glenn's the one that makes good soups. So you have a roasted turkey. You've picked the yummy bits off. So when you make bone broth, you just oh, put the me. bones in there. Do you put the skin in there? What all do you put in there? You can put the skin in there. Um, but you're definitely going to put the bones in there because that's what you want to get the collagen out. Ah, uh, okay. Right. So this is my simple recipe for bone broth. I get my crock pot out and I put the bones in. And you add enough water so that it covers the carcass by an inch. And you add one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. And you cook it on high in the crock pot for about two hours. And then you reduce it to low for about 22 hours. 22 hours? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. It's a crock pot. It's just sitting over in the corner. Yeah, but still, I didn't know you could cook anything for 22 hours. (laughs) Well, it's to break down the collagens, get the gelatin and the collagen. So you left it in there for 22 hours. What happens next? And then uh, what I do is I strain it because sometimes the little turkey bones will break. Yeah. So I'll strain it to get those out. And then um, I'll pack ice around the bowl that's now holding the bone broth to cool it down quick, quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I pour it into jars and start feeding it to the dogs. So oh, would wow. you do it? And you could you also do- give it to the cats. And to the cats, yes. So obviously you wouldn't put this, you wouldn't do this if you had a Cajun turkey fry. Correct. Right or or yeah, <laughs> yes. Right. If you did, yes. if you do, if you do weird, interesting, and exotic stuff, would you do it the same way? If you were using a fresh carcass, one that had already had not already been roasted, no, you have to cook okay. it first. Okay, got I, it. I mean, you can take raw bones and make bone broth out of it, absolutely. But a carcass is going to have all that meat. Well, if because some people will buy like turkey necks and oh yeah, they're great to make right to make bone broth. Okay, but and I, I was just trying to um, give our listeners a great rather than throwing the carcass throw it away. Out, yeah. Now, if your if your dog is broth. not used to getting bone broth, your dog typically 
for the most part eats kibble, how much would one appropriately put into their dog dog food for a treat? Um, you know, a couple of tables, but dogs, I mean, it, I've never seen bone broth is curative. Okay. And if, if, if the, you know, sometimes bone broth produces a lot of gelatin. Mm-hmm. So when you stick your spoon in it, you go, what is all that wiggly stuff? Yeah. And yeah. No, you, you didn't ruin it. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff you're not trying to make stock. You're not trying right. to make turkey stock. That's so, um that's aspic, isn't it? The the gooey stuff that you get up. Yeah, there? it's yeah. actually the collagen. Yeah. So that's the good stuff. And and um I I have a, a friend who when she makes it, she pours what she doesn't need right away into ice cube trays. Oh, that's good thinking. And mm. then if a dog is sick or doesn't feel well, she can just, you know, heat up the cubes. And they have the nourishing broth. Yeah. Because it really is restorative. Or for that matter, if you want to make a bunch of it and feed it for however, you know, that way you don't have to make it as often, right? If you want to use turkey necks or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, but the, the bone- good thing about Thanksgiving is you get a turkey at Thanksgiving and a turkey at Christmas. <laughs> dun, 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 the best yeah. reason, right there. The best reason to have <laughs> turkey. And of, not ham. bone broth. <laughs> That's right. Because ham, you can't do that. No, no, no. No. Well, there you go. Bone broth for your pups for Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So I had to figure out what type of breed to do. And I thought, you know, the one I've never done is the Jack Russell Terrier. And I don't know, um, Tigger, have you ever had a Jack Russell? I have not. Okay. <laughs> but I've there, known well, many. I, yes, of course, of course we all have. So um, I, I, I actually have had several and um, that's what kind of what prompted me to this and some of the best dogs I've ever had was, uh, do you remember Ruby do? I Ruben do. Jack Russell. He was the best Jack Russell. Um, but they're definitely a specific breed. So they are extremely energetic and need a high level of exercise and stimulation. They're different uh, variations of Jack Russell's one being the shorter legged one and one being longer. And that's called the Parson. And the person who originally bred the first Parsons Russell was Reverend John Jack Russell, a Parson hunting enthusiast. Ah. And they can be, yeah, 
Yeah, kind of cool. They can be traced all the way back to the now extinct English White Terrier. Um, these little these little buggers have an incredible uh, work nature, and they're very sturdy, tough, tenacious <laughs> little dog. Um, they can measure anywhere between 10 to 15 inches at the withers and can get anywhere from uh, 14 to 18 pounds. Although I will tell you, I've seen some 20 pounders and higher. Um, That's not a, a good thing. It's that, not a good thing. No, no. not a good thing. Um, they're predominantly white uh, with some black, brown, or tan markings. Um, and there are several different types of coat. They're the smooth or the rough or a combination of both, which is known as a broken coat which is kind of my favorite. I like when they have the little, cute little whiskers. Um, so the Jack Russell Terrier and the Parsons Russell Terrier are, are very similar breed sharing the common origin, but they have um, some marked differences. Most notable is the range and acceptable height. The Parsons Russell tends to be the bigger one, the longer one. That's what Reuben was. Um, and they have a longer head and chest and overall body size where the Russell Terrier um, who is also some kind, uh, sometimes called the English Jack Russell, it also or the short Jack Russell ranges anywhere from eight to twelve inches. May I remind uh, everybody all- that the the Parsons Terrier was best known as the dog on Fraser. Right, and also since you brought that up, this is what I was going to end with, but I'm going to tell you now: the RCA dog was a Parsons Jack Russell. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. actually have a statue. I have a statue. My brother gave that to me years ago. Um, but first and foremost, these little guys are workers and were originally bred to get foxes and out of their dens um, during hunts. They um, are used for numerous ground-dwelling animals, such as groundhogs, badgers, otters, and red and gray fox. In fact, um, <laughs> My uh, my sister in law had one when we lived in Virginia, and I cannot tell you how many times we would have to go, and it you know, and Virginia has red clay, and would go down a a, a hole, of, you know, it for whether it was a fox or groundhog or whatever, and would get stuck down there, and we would have to <laughs> take the dog out. Many many a Jack Russell story, um, but they're they're extremely intelligent, very athletic, quite fearless and extremely vocal. This, if this breed is not properly stimulated or exercised, they have a tendency to get bored and can create their own fun, which sometimes can be your wall or furniture <laughs> or, um, or get involved with a porcupine, which is another uh, Jack Russell sister-in-law story. That was interesting. More than once you would think a, a dog would get hit with porcupine needles and probably try to avoid it. Yeah, they're, t- they're, they're tenacious. <laughs> so because of their high energy, they also would make a great fly ball or agility dog as this dog is highly, highly recommended that you bring to obedience class. Even if you've done obedience class before, because if you don't, and if they're left to their own way of thinking to socialize, they can become a little aggressive towards other animals. Having said that, like I've said, I've had several and properly socialized them and they were fantastic with everything, kids, dogs, cats, horses. Another great fact is they are known to have a very long lifespan and they're pretty free from major health concerns or, you know, health issues. Um, but, but this is interesting. I did not know this. Um, one thing to note about them is that because they'll pursue, you know, most creatures um, that can, they can encounter skunks um, and they are prone to um, a toxic shock syndrome. The, ke- the chemical in the skunk 
um, you know, sprays into the dog and be absorbed into their red blood cells and undergo, and I cannot say this word, Tigger, maybe you know it, it's H-A-E-M-O-L-Y-S-S, something, I don't even know how to say it, but basically, um, I guess genetically, for whatever reason, some of these dogs, yeah, they can have a a blood issue with skunks. I never had heard that. It can lead to anemia and blood failure or kidney failure. Um, So then I was going to note that one of the most famous Jack Russells um, was the dog on Frazier and, um, and the is Nipper who was the RCA dog. And he was born in 1884. Wow. I know. But last but not least, they're fantastic barn dogs, but again, they need to be trained or they will chase horses and um, occasionally get kicked by the horses, which is yet another story I had, but that all turned out fine. Um, But biggest thing to note is that if they're trained well, they really are fantastic dogs. And we used our, like we traveled, uh, as we were talking about earlier, back and forth from Florida all the time and just great travel companions, but they are not an apartment dog if they don't get exercise. So they are a great little dog. Jen, have you ever had a Jack Russell? I have not. My parents had a Jack Russell Terrier and he, he was, I don't know that he was necessarily a particularly well-bred Jack Russell. He had a lot of health issues, uh, that I feel quite confident were the genetic types of health issues. But right. I know, I know okay. so many farriers with Jack Russell's. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like the official yep. farrier dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, and, they can go and that's with, mm-hmm. with yeah. Jack Russell. My favorite part mm-hmm. about a Jack Russell terrier is that it's one of the few common popular small dogs that's, that retains its, physical and mental terrierness. Yes. So many so many small breeds because the smaller Jack Russells are very small. So many of the small breeds have been that were originally working dogs, they've tried to breed them into lap dogs and they've become less healthy and more fragile whereas Jack Russells the with the exception of the few pet bred ones are like you said they're tough and they're tenacious and they're great farm dogs but they're a small farm dog versus when you think of farm dogs you always think of these giant things but mm-hmm. they're they're a handy dandy compact dog they're made to go in the the huntsman's coat pocket so yeah cool good yeah. to know we have know um we have a jack russell at biostar that our equine specialist has a jack russell puppy his name is ollie mm. that's the funniest oh dog and he just won his first jack russell puppy race oh at montpelier <laughs> and he's oh my gosh a- i did th- i did that race you did in montpelier i sure did and reuben wouldn't run <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't run it i, I it was so funny it was because i i was like oh my gosh you know he's so fast or whatever and you know you stand at one end and yep. they're supposed to go to the other not how they even do it now and he got he got the, all of them jetted off he jetted out, turned around, looked at me, and came running right over to me. I'm like, well, that's bad. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, this that's puppy so is adorable, and he's such a character. Oh, my God. And, no, 
you know, a big dog can walk in and he goes right up to them and says, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh, that's hilarious. And speaking of dogs, yeah. I think we oh, need to talk, we we need to, talk, to, talk to, to Hedwig. Dog on the internet. We should yes. ask Hedwig about Jack Russell's. We should. Let's do that. Oh, I think that's a fantastic idea. The world's only podcasting Pomeranian. Here she comes. Hetty! Hello. 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 How's everyone? Well, we've had uh, an interesting Critter of the Show segment. Okay. And it, it was on Jack Russell Terriers. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) we wanted to get your take on Jack Russell Terriers. First, I have to tell a story. Okay. My sister was attacked by a bird of prey. And my other sister chased off the pterodactyl. But my sister, Christabel, was seriously wounded. And... It is only through sheer grit and determination and the overwhelming will to survive that she continues among us today. That is quite a tale, Hedwig. Yeah. It's all true. She was saved by my sister, Peas Blossom, and steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, necessarily in that order. The vet might have helped. No, it was. My sister, Peace Blossom, chased off the pterodactyl. And it was a uh, hawk? Yes. A pterodactyl hawk. Wow. I've never heard of that breed. Mm, Well, you don't know everything, do you? Apparently not. (laughs) Well, Hetty, I'm so glad Christabel is still with us. Me too, because, you know, she's perfect and I cannot live without her. So that would have gone ugly. Yeah, that would not have been good. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So maybe uh, Christabel needs her own Jack Russell Terrier. Yes, maybe the Jack Russell Terrier could have taken the hit for us all. <laughs> I mean, Jack Russell Terriers are fine. There's no need to reproduce them or anything. But I suppose if you wanted to have a dog that's so stupid it chases something under a building and then can't get out because it can't back up, they're <laughs> ideal. <laughs> you don't think you don't find them sort of cute and amusing and you know smart in almost a Pomeranian way? That would be a no for me, a hard no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, no, they can't back up. <laughs> oh, okay, but there's other things they can do that would be very useful to a Pomeranian. They're not even excellent servant material. Oh, well. <laughs> That's well, they probably get you like fresh kill. <laughs> I don't want fresh. They will they have they have been known to break into cupboards and provide candy and chocolate and peanut butter, though. Now that oh. is mm-hmm. true. There was one excellent one that would jump up when her human being got chocolates in a box of chocolates. She would open the box of chocolates, select out the type she wanted. Close the box, leaving the little paper wrapper, and then depart to eat her chocolate. 
That's this a very caused, that's a very stealthy Jack yes. right there. This caused a great deal of consternation in her household because everyone blamed everyone else for eating all the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good story, Hetty. Yes, it's a true story. Yep. She never so, got sick. So, Hedwig, up in an upcoming episode, we're going to be at episode number 200 of Healthy Critters Radio really soon. Whoa. And we've all worked so hard. We, we have worked very hard. And I would yeah. I would love for you to make up a brief list for us, if you could, for that episode of the what? the five breeds of dog besides Pomeranians that are actually useful and why now we, we have like, a few episodes to go yet. So you have a little time to think about this, but think up five breeds of dogs that Hedwig, the Pomeranian would feel would be actually useful to Hedwig, the Pomeranian. For example, a Jack Russell Terrier could be useful for getting chocolate. Or a very mm-hmm. tall dog could be useful for getting digs off the counter. So, yes. In an upcoming episode, we're going to ask you that question. So, yeah. so be prepared. That, maybe you could think on that a little bit all over the, the holidays and uh, have that ready for us. I just want to know will you all be giving thanks for knowing me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Will that be a big uh-huh. part of your dinner? I'm yes. going to be saying, I'm going to be giving thanks for knowing you and not having you in my home. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Bye bye, Hedwig. <laughs> Thanks, Hetty. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. The topic is how to help your horse stay warm this winter. Providing circulatory support to horses during the winter months is beneficial on many levels as is maintaining good digestive fire, an Ayurvedic term for healthy absorption and digestion of food and nutrients. Improving circulatory health. Horses need movement. By nature, horses are herd animals who are constantly moving and continually foraging for food. Horses maintained in a herd or turned out 24-7 get basic circulatory support by simply walking and eating. Yet horses who spend eight hours a day or more in a stall they need additional circulatory support to help reduce stiffness in their joints and body. Even younger horses feel the demands cold weather makes on their bodies. Joints become stiffer, and it's harder to stay warm, even under blankets. With improved circulation, horses can move more comfortably, even in cold weather. Increased circulation improves blood flow throughout the body, which also plays a key role in tissue healing and repair. At the skin level, vasodilation is experienced as warmth, like the feeling we get when we take a hot bath. Nitric oxide is the master circulatory molecule in the body, acting as a vasodilator, relaxing and expanding blood vessels for increased blood supply. Vasodilation is an important component in healing. When we increase circulation with shockwave therapy, for example, It helps the body send more nutrients and support to the area needing healing and can help move inflammation. Increased circulation helps muscles and joints, reducing lactic acid in muscles, 
and driving the body's own gags to joints and other structures. Good circulation is also important for horses' feet, and many problems in feet are the result of poor circulation. Isoxaprine is a well-known medication for increasing vasodilation in horses. Nitric oxide is the key to circulation. Nitric oxide helps move blood from the heart to the feet and back to the heart. The heart is the key organ of the circulatory system. As it beats, blood is sent throughout the body and the feet are responsible for sending blood upward and back to the heart. Any inflammatory imbalances in the foot will reduce return circulation to the rest of the body and the heart. Recirculation is help with nitric oxide, relaxing the smooth muscles, allowing for more blood flow. This is especially important to maintain healthy feet and to help with foot issues such as navicular syndrome, bursa, bruising, and laminitis. One of the key nutrients for nitric oxide production is the amino acid L-arginine. The body converts L-arginine to nitric oxide. In nature, L-arginine is always found with L-lysine, another amino acid. Some plants and foods are high in arginine and low in lysine. Others are high in lysine and low in arginine. But these two amino acids are always together. Supplements for circulation that only include isolated arginine, not in its whole food form, may not be as effective as supplements containing both arginine and lysine. This isolated use has led to varying results with some researchers debating the benefits of short and long-term supplementation with arginine that is not food-derived. For horses, the plant ingredients containing high amounts of arginine include pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, brewer's yeast, oranges, oats, and spirulina. Indian gooseberry, known as amalaki or amla in Ayurvedic medicine, is a potent rejuvenating adaptogen. In Sanskrit, it is known as mother, nurse, and immortality. Western science has illuminated Amalaki's promotion of circulation by increasing nitric oxide production in the body. Studies have shown that a patented extract of Amalaki called Capros increased nitric oxide production by 41.89 to 50.7% in people with metabolic syndrome. Other circulatory supported plants for horses are turmeric, ginger, black pepper, and hawthorn berry. They do not increase nitric oxide, but they do assist in vasodilation, helping to widen and relax the smooth muscle cells within the blood vessel walls. Biostar Circuvate is an advanced circulatory support formula with Capros, the patented Indian gooseberry extract organic pumpkin seeds, organic sesame seeds, chia seeds, yeast, organic oranges, and organic ginger. For a lot of horses, it's a game changer. Circuvate helps your horse stay warmer in the cold weather. Circulation is improved with supplementation that supports better blood flow. The warming aspects of increased circulation also keeps them supple and more comfortable. Improved circulation helps to remove damaging waste products, balance the inflammatory response, and support muscles and connective tissue. Digestion. Supporting digestive fire with active probiotic yeasts. 
In Ayurvedic medicine, foods, plants, fungi, and yeast are categorized into one of three categories, cooling, warming, or neutral. Active yeasts capable of colonization are categorized as warming. Yeast increases digestive fire and helps to move stagnation in the body, thereby increasing circulation and supporting the GI tract's digestion and utilization of food. Yeasts are especially beneficial for horses in winter for maintaining weight and supporting circulation, particularly for senior horses. Active yeast strains like Saccharomyces boulardii and Saccharomyces cerevisiae also support the production of the short-chain fatty acids in the hindgut, including butyrate. Short-chain fatty acids modulate health through energy metabolism, gut barrier function, and immunomodulation. Boosting short-chain fatty acids is especially beneficial to easy keepers and insulin-resistant horses who tend towards stagnation and needs, need more digestive fire. BioYeast from BioStar combines two active yeast strains, S. boulardii and S. cerevisiae, for a combined strength of 100 billion colony-forming units per serving. That's one teaspoon. These active yeasts provide both probiotic and prebiotic support, but only active yeast can do both. The small serving is an advantage for many horses who may be averse to finding large doses of powder in their feed buckets. Digestive warming for hard keepers. Chaff hay is a non-GMO chopped fermented alfalfa with yeast. It is a fantastic supplemental hay for winter. I feed it using ground feeders to augment the hay the horses are already getting. The yeasts in chaff hay will provide the warming and digestive fire support the hard keepers need. The fact that the alfalfa is fermented makes it easy for horses to digest. Very common supplement for horses. and It usually seems to be marketed as a supplement for um, hoof health is brewer's yeast. Brewer's yeast yep. is not the same stuff. No. It is it is not an active live colony form. Yeah, if you thing. want the digestive support, brewer's yeast isn't it. But brewer's yeast is going to have arginine in it. So it will support some nitric oxide production. Got it. See? Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. And now we're at Coffee Clatch, and the question is, what cartoon or comic character does your horse or dog remind you of? Um, I'm going to start with um, my eight-month-old puppy, Kenobi, <laughs> who <laughs> is a cross between Mighty Mouse and Bart Simpson. <laughs> now, what, what part of Mighty Mouse and what part of Bart Simpson? Here I come to save the day. <laughs> you know, he's all there. And then he's also Bart Simpson's. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, how about you, Patty? Okay. As usual, I didn't stay within the lines of your instructions, um, but I went with a movie character. Um, uh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. It's a cartoon. <laughs> and it's my, <laughs> and I'm going to send you a picture because then you'll see it. So my uh, French bulldog, Angus, looks exactly like Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> he does. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. funny. So, yeah, I mean, to, like to the T. I mean, except he's white, but it's just, I don't know. That when, I, when I watched that movie, I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks exactly like him. So that's really that's funny. what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Jennifer. Uh, I'm going to do Scooter for this one. Scooter is my husband's hackney pony. And, oh, I wish I could remember his name. That's terrible. Dudley Do-Right's horse's oh. name. Oh, God. Um, what was its name? There we go. But he, he would... He was a, he's he's got a little bit of Hedwig the Pomeranian in him too, uh, but he he he's snarky, and if he doesn't He'll like roll something, his he, eyes and he rolls his Glenn. eyes and you know yeah. pin his ears and so yeah he just Dudley do right horse there we go oh that's funny, um well I I also did Keen and Lionheart <laughs> okay so uh, tell us which one Keen is where does he fit in the Keen pack? is uh, four years old, um. And he's kind of the mentor to my mighty mouse Bart Simpson puppy. And he's Snoopy. Oh, perfect. Does he sit on top of his doghouse? Well, no, but, you know, Snoopy had an an amazing uh, creativity. And Keen is very creative. (laughs) You can see him sitting on his doghouse fighting the sock with Camel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Lionheart is with SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) SpongeBob. (laughs) SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my goodness. So um, I I, I hope you've enjoyed uh, (laughs) what our animals, what cartoon characters our animals remind us of. And. Hopefully you thought of some characters as you've been listening of what your dog or cat or horse, what characters they remind you of. Cause it's, it's yeah. good for a, a, a chuckle and that always makes the day better. And, and I'm going to end the show with another request. We ask Hedwig to come up with a list for the upcoming extravaganza. That will be episode number 200 on healthy critters radio. And Hedwig is going to provide us with a list of the five breeds of dog that will be personally useful to her. Yes. And why. But I have an assignment. I, I also. Think, go ahead. I think, I think we should pick what cartoon character Hedwig reminds us of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. we go. That'll be maybe for next episode. R- write that down. I have an assignment for listeners. For many, 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 many episodes, we had our closing where you had to rap with your raptor, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Our goal is to have a whole new set come episode number 200. So if you have a good rhyme, rap with your raptor, because we have to get A to Z, need 26 of them, please send them to me, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. And we will incorporate as many as we can into the new closing for Healthy Critters Radio. 
Perfect. So it has to be a verb, rap, as in sing, followed by an animal, rap with your raptor. And I don't, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones, but uh, we had A to Z and we put it at the end of each show. So if you have a clever one, a cute one, a fun one, the letter of your choice, please send it to me, jenniferhorseradionetwork.com. And as I said, we'll try to squish as many of them as we can into the closing of episode number 200 coming up soon to your earbuds. And we'll see you again mm-hmm. soon, everybody. Yep. Bye. Bye. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox while hedging with your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon, gyrate with your giraffe, meditate with a meerkat, Uber with your orangutan, Facebook with your flamingo, ponder with your panda, walk with your wookie, yawn with your yak, Twitter with your toucan, go raining with your reindeer, Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>